This is Pastor Angela, and I just wanted to drop in and welcome you to Relate's podcast. I know that you're going to be filled with faith and encouraged for your week. We love you, and we're praying for you. Uh, can we give it up one time for the worship team this morning? Wasn't that awesome? Loved it. I loved it. It was really, really, really good. I, um, I want to say a big welcome if you're, if you're new to Relate, if you are have only been around for just a few weeks, maybe we're excited that you're here, excited that we feel like the Lord brought you here for a season or a time. You can just check it out, figure out what everything is. That's what, that's kind of the awkward phase at the beginning. Just try to figure out how things work, figure out who is who and what is what. But you can take your time doing that. I want to say a welcome also to everybody who's watching online with us right now. For everybody in the room, can we just give them a hand clap and give them a great big relate welcome and let them know that... We are excited to be one church, even though now we have, we have dubbed you our online campus because there's so many people watching online, and we have facilitators and uh, online campus ministers who are helping and texting. If you're watching on right, online right now, would you just put in the chat, I love Jesus, or why you're watching, and um, that, that makes us feel better. Whenever you're, whenever you're putting emojis and clapping and waving at people, it's almost like, it's almost, right? It's not exactly like being in the room, but it's almost like being able to connect. That All of the extra ways that we connect really help. So I want to encourage you to do that. One last time, I mentioned this last week. Most of you already probably know this, but I want to, uh, to just thank everybody who showed up and showed out for our family. In fact, there were people this week dropping uh, food and gifts, and it's really, it's really been a weird time to be in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting, but also having to meet with family members and people coming into town for uh, the memorial service for Bishop Gregory Holly. And for those of you who don't know, that is my father-in-law, my wife's father, and my pastor for since I was 14 years old. And um, now I'm 40, so you can count up how many years that is. But for a, for a really, really long time, God put us together and helped to disciple so many people and to, to almost literally raise up an army to, to work for the Lord, for the kingdom of God. And you guys have been such a blessing to us just serving. And in fact, a few times people come to our doors with little gifts and they just want to, you guys just want to bless us. And I can't even say thank you to you specifically because some people showed up at the door with hoodies covering their face and they wouldn't even let us know who they were dropping off of a gift. And so little, um, I, I think it's because maybe last week I mentioned that some of you were like ninjas. And so it just amped up this week. That's a little bit weird though. So just keep that in mind. But, but we certainly love you and we appreciate all of the efforts that have gone into um, helping us and comforting our family and kids and uh, Pastor Gala, certainly our thanks and appreciation go out to you as a church and as a family. It means a whole lot to us. So with that said, I want to jump right into week number three of Fresh Start. And some of you guys, I believe, are getting it. Some of you have set the tone for the, the whole point is to set the tone for the beginning of this year so that uh, I think one of the biggest themes is so that we don't take some of the things from 2020, some of the things that shouldn't go with us into not just the next year, the next moment, the next season of our lives. They shouldn't go into the next version of us. So last week, uh, we talked about the lies that need to stay in 2020, the lies that need to be left at the altar, the, the lies that, 
the enemy will tell us, that people will tell us, that we will tell to ourselves, that will literally stop us dead in our tracks and change the direction of our life and so that we're no longer serving God and we're no longer serving the purpose of God, we're serving the purpose of the enemy. And so uh, I think that people are hanging on to lies more than ever right now. I think that there is a conflict of truth. And so what is the truth? And it, it's very challenging to say, this is the truth, this is the truth, this is the truth. In fact, I almost, we're not going to do this, but I almost thought about talking about truth and lies again this week because I think it's that big of a topic. I think it's that uh, influential on us as spiritual beings, as people who are marching towards, I believe, a purpose. And so we're not going to talk a whole lot about lies, but we're going to touch back on it. In fact, I want to start you off with this thought. Maybe this resonates with you the way it did with me, but people would rather believe a lie than admit that they were conned. Sometimes the lie is a better, like we're okay with the lie even if, if we can't prove it or we don't know for sure because the, alternate, the, the alternative is that we have to admit that we were conned and we believed the lie in the first place and it would be better just to, to just live with the lie. And yet the, the result of that is that our lives, when we believe a lie, and I'm going to show you this in a little while, when we believe, that's key, when we believe the lie, then everything else that we do is built on that lie and not on the truth. So today I do, I, I want to kind of change gears and um, we're going to jump into the idea that when we believe the truth, God is able to transform us. So I want to talk about transformation. I want to start with a verse. We're going to read through just a couple verses and then we're going to go back and and unpack it, break it, break it down just a little bit. So if you if you have your Bibles or if you have your notebooks, tablets, however you look at the Bible, however you read the Bible, however you study, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. This is going to be our starting point today. Here we go. May God himself, the God of peace. Now watch this. We're it, basically, not just referring to God, and this is a verse that we could spend an hour on. In fact, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of pieces of today's message that we could just stop, park there, and unpack it for the rest of the service. But I'm going to try to keep us moving. May, the, may God himself, the God of peace, he's not a God of conflict. He's a God. He's not a God of confusion. He's a God of peace. May he sanctify you through and through. Everybody say through and through. Okay, now watch this. The next part says, may your whole spirit and soul and body, so spirit, soul, and body, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to say that out loud. Would you just say spirit, soul, and body? That's three parts. And then the final, the final uh, passage here says, the one who calls you faithful the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Would you just say, he will do it? All right. Now, that, that's, there's really, like, literally, we could make a sermon. I could, I could preach a sermon for an hour on each of those three sections there, but I want us to talk about it for just a second. So the first part said, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. So let's break that down for one second. He, he is emphasizing the fact that, Paul is emphasizing the fact that, that God is thorough, that God wants to 
sanctify us. And I'm going to show you in a second the difference between uh, a, what is sanctification. That's, that is a process. Sanctification is a process where God heals us and cleans us and develops us and matures us and grows us into what he designed us to be. And he does that not in part, not a little bit, not he, he don't just do a little bit and then walk away. He does it through and through. He wants to do it all the way. So God is thorough. We talk about uh, being all in with God a lot. In fact, I, I want to say it every week. I want to challenge you and encourage, hey, go all in with God. Like, what would that look like for you if you went all in with God? I want to say that every week. I want to say it multiple times a week because it's that powerful. If you, listen, part-time Christianity, people say, well, I tried church. I tried doing that. I tried reading my Bible. I tried watching this and watching that and studying this. And I went to Bible school and I, I tried all that. But listen, when we try, a lot of times it's like we try to swim or we try to test the water. And it's not a full try because part-time Christianity doesn't work. you got to go all in. Or it doesn't work. And the thing about it is that God is already all in with us. We think that, wow, you, you know, it's, I don't know if it'll work, but here's the deal. God is energetically in pursuit of you. He's gone over and above. I, I love that last song that we, that we sang, Love on the Line. Like God's love goes beyond the boundaries of our expectation and our understanding. He went all the way out for us. He gave everything. He gave his son for us. He endured the cross for us. He gave his life for us. He went through torture and pain for us, and yet we just want to dip our toe in the water and see, uh, hmm. no, I tried all that. It didn't, it didn't really do it for me. So my challenge is when you feel, most of us are here because we feel like God's tugging on our heart. We feel like he's pulling on us. So let's respond to that. He wants to be thorough. Let's be thorough also. It's, it reminded me of um, the way that we approach God. It reminds me not too long. You might think this is a long time ago. My kids are 17 and 18 years old, but recently we had a, a Lego set. And it was like, I don't know how many pieces, like thousands of maybe 10,000 big, big Lego set. And so the kids are working on it for a little while. And then they come get me, dad, we need your help. This is so complicated. And they, we start looking at the like 40 page directions. You know what I'm talking about? Where there's like step 125 and there's thousands of pieces. And they, they hand me this, it's a, uh, it's, it's a bus. We're putting this little VW bus together and it has the motor, it has everything. It has lots of moving parts. I was shocked. And they said, we can't figure this out. And as I began to look at it, I realized that we were like on step 45 and somewhere back in step 15 or 16 or like in way back, we had missed something. And so I tell them, look, guys, you want me to help you? We have to take some of this apart and back up and fix the problem. So before we move, no, 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 dad, everything is good. We've done it right all up until this moment. So just take what I'm giving you. And now just let's go forward from now. And I'm like, guys, it doesn't work that way. Because the piece that you, there's one piece that you, that you messed up about 50 pieces ago. And we, they just want to hand it to me and say, could you just fix it? We just want to move to the next step. That's almost like us with life. And we give our lives to God and say, God, if you could just take what I have done. So I've done good so far. 
I don't want to back up and think about yesterday. I don't want to think about 50 pieces ago. And sometimes God wants, the thing is, you have to give him all the pieces. And you have to give him all the original pieces and say, okay, God, this is all I am. I'm not holding anything back. I'm all in. And then he says, all right, I can work with this. We can fix this. We can make this work. And then we can build what was meant to be built. But when we hold a part back, and I don't know what that part is for you. Usually, we, we talked a lot about this last week, the strongholds, the piece where I don't like to talk about that piece. I kind of know I messed up, but I don't like to talk about it. The thing is, those failures, those tests that we went through, even if we failed them, they can become our testimony. They can become the thing that God can use to make a miracle happen in someone else's life or in our future. But if you can't give it all to God, it becomes a stronghold. And it just it puts that, it puts that barrier between you and the next version of you. So watch this. Let's, let's, let's read the next part, but I want to I show you what, what it looks like in the message version instead of the new uh, the NIV. May God himself, the God who makes everything, and this is, this is why I, I chose this version, because I like the way it says, instead of make you holy, says holy and whole. Another version says complete, make you holy and whole, and then put you together, spirit, soul, and body. You may never have considered this, but this is, this is a critical point to 21 days of prayer. This is... the. This is a pivotal issue when it comes to why are we praying and fasting? I'm going to show you. Three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Like the, we think, well, I'm already saved. I come to church. God lives inside me. Watch this. God, the part that he comes and fills is your spirit. Whenever we, at the end of service, a lot of times we say, God, I, I surrender my life. We say that prayer. We confess who Jesus is, and we, we ask him, be the Lord of my life. That moment of commitment and decision that I, I hope all of you will take. I hope all of you have made that, that moment. That can happen in 30 seconds or a minute or just that decision that happens in your heart. Your spirit gets redeemed just like that. Because the price has already been paid. Jesus already went to the cross. He already died. His blood was already shed. He, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. So whenever we meet him at the cross and say, okay, Jesus, you died for me. I accept that free gift. Boom. Nothing else has to be done. You make the decision. You confess it with your mouth. Believe it in your heart. That's what Romans says. It's done. That means if you died at that moment that you would to be absent in this body, means to be present with him. That means if you died in that moment, you're going to heaven, but there's the, we're going to come back to that word sanctification. The sanctification, that cleaning and healing and, and growing, that's the painful part. You know, you don't have to pay anything for the, for the redemption. You just have to receive it. That's the salvation part. That's the, the, the spirit part. But God wants to be thorough. God doesn't just want to save your spirit. He wants to work through and through your spirit, soul, and body. So what is the soul? The soul is the, the, the thoughts part. And we talked a lot about thoughts last week because the thought is, that's, the, that's where the battleground is. That's where your conflict between good and evil and right and wrong and am I going to do this and am I going to do that, that's where the conflict takes place in your thoughts because of, the enemy can tell you a lie. You believe the lie. Now your thoughts are changed. 
when it started getting cold outside this year, uh, Grace came to me, and it, I don't know what t- time she was getting ready for school, about 6.45 in the morning, she said, Dad, I think something's wrong with my car. So we go out to her car, we're working, trying to figure it out, and I'm thinking, wait a second, the heat won't come on, the defroster won't work, or her windshield is frosted over, and I'm like, you can't drive like this, you have to take another car. We started digging into it and realizing that, that, that not only did the heat not work, the heater core didn't work, but also that whoever had worked on it, I had a mechanic looking at it, he said, look, whoever did this, they knew what they were doing because they just rerouted around the heater, they just disconnected the heater and rerouted everything around the heater. <laughs> so the heater not only doesn't work, but uh, they fixed it to where it was never going to work. So sometimes we do that. We, we think, well, my spirit's good, and even though I'm, I'm not so good over here, I'm just going to reroute around it. I'm going to make it work. <laughs> we start fixing things to where we can just get it by. We've rigged it up. Now it works. The mechanic says, you don't think it's going to take a lot to undo this. It's not really that expensive, but it's going to take a long time. So the laborer, he told me that the parts were like $40, but it was like an $800 job. I said, um, maybe we'll just leave it the way it is for a little while. Just give me some time. Give me, give me some time. And so we do that with ourselves, right? It's like, oh, that is way too expensive. That, that's going to take way too long. God, I don't even want to look at that. I don't think I like that plan, God. I think let's be a little less thorough. Let's not, we don't have to be all the way thorough. But it says he wants us to be complete, made holy and whole, spirit, soul, and body. And so when we're okay with him redeeming us, my soul, my spirit is saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm a new creation. But God wants to make you through and through spirit, soul. He cares about what, you, what your thoughts are all day long. Your feelings, your emotions, your will, the decisions that you make, whether you lean this way or that way. He says, I want all of that in alignment. I want you to be holy and whole. Some part of you is going to control the rest of your life. What is it, your spirit, your soul, your body? If, you, if your flesh says, I am hungry and I want food, now you're not fasting. Then we know who's in charge. <laughs> If your, if your willpower, if your emotion says, you know what, I just don't feel like going to church today, or I don't feel like connecting with my brother or my sister today, or someone texts you and you're like, no, nah, I don't feel like dealing with that today, then we know, who, we know who's in charge. But if your spirit man says, I got to connect to God today, I got to connect with my brothers and sisters, I got to do the will of God i got to keep my eyes set on the things of the Spirit. He wants to make you holy and whole. Your spirit is saved instantaneous with the, with the confession and the decision, but your soul, your mind, your emotions, your will, the things that you think about, things you feel, your choices, that takes time. That's a process of sanctification. So let me show you real quick the difference between the three. A spirit, you have a spirit that must be redeemed. If you say that prayer, if you've ever given your heart to God, then it's done. But those other two parts, the first one is free. It doesn't cost you anything but the the cost of a decision. The second two, they do cost. There is a cost to having your soul redeemed and the sanctification process that you, he, he wants us to go all in. He wants us to get Jesus. In fact, Jesus said this, whoever wants to follow me, what do they have to do? Every day, to die daily. Take up your cross. 
Like, that's not that you actually have to go hang on a cross and bleed all your blood out. That means that your will has to die every day. That's a cost. That's time and effort and a pursuit of God. Paul says that there's a conflict inside of us. And he, he talks about the, the spirit part and the sinful nature, the old nature. Another version calls it the old man and the new man or the flesh and the spirit. Watch this, Galatians chapter 5. One of my favorite books of the Bible, Galatians. For the sinful nature desi desires what is contrary to the spirit. That's two parts of you. The sinful nature, which is over there in your willpower, in your flesh, in your, in your soul. And then there's the spirit part that says, I desire God. The spirit of God lives in me. Those two, they create a conflict. They're, they're button heads every day. That's why we fast. That's why 21 days of prayer, because we're trying to lean over and say, all right, my spirit's going to be in charge this year. And the, and the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. So the two of them push back on each other. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. I wish we had more time to break this down and talk about the difference between what you believe. There's a lot of things happening inside of you. What you believe, the thoughts that you think, the emotions and the things that you feel, the actions you take, and then at the end of the line, what your life looks like. Because a lot of us look at our life and we say, I, I don't like the way my life looks. I don't like the way my life has turned out. I don't like the way things are going so far. And yet all those other things back up and determine. And at the very head of that line is the conflict between your spirit and your flesh. Last week we read the verse that talked about the weapons of our warfare and how they're not of this world but they take place right here. We're fighting with thoughts. We're, we're, we're challenging every thought. We're taking into captivity every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But everybody deals with this. This is, not, this is not the pep rally message that everybody gets excited about because this means that the things that I'm explaining, the, the challenge that's taking place inside of you means that you have to take a look inside and it's part of that when we talk about how nobody cheers for 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because it's hard. It's hard to look at myself and say, oh, man, this is going to be hard. This is going to hurt. <laughs> this is going to be a little bit painful. Why? Because we, we tend, the, the flesh makes us feel good. I like those things. Some of you are, I, I see that some of you guys are fasting sodas or certain sugar, right? Sure, tastes great. That's why we eat it. And to say, nope, I'm not going to eat it, it's like you're, everything else rebels and says, no, you are going to eat it. That conflict, that, that friction that happens inside our thoughts. Romans 7, Paul, Paul describes this conflict. He says, I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. Like the guy who wrote most of the New Testament is telling us that I have the same conflict that you do, that I want to do good, but I can't do good. My spirit is in conflict, and every time I want to do right, challenge, conflict. I'm torn 
I've got to get control. I've got to let my spirit get in control. Paul calls it the good fight. The good fight of faith. It is, it is hard. It's challenging. That's why we don't do the 365 days of prayer and fasting. That, in the same way that 15 minutes of prayer and fasting wouldn't work, 365 days of prayer and fasting, that would be hard. But 21 days of prayer and fasting, we can, we can put our heads down and fight for 21, 21 days. It's painful, but we, we can do it. We can make it. I hope that while I'm talking, if you have not participated, that in some way this week, you can jump in both feet and say, okay, God, I'm going to give up this or this, or I'm going to spend this time and I'm going to do this. And finally, that last verse. Before I give you some practical steps and close, I want to show you the last verse. The one who calls you is faithful. God is faithful in so many amazing ways. His mercies are new every single morning. No matter when we fail, when we mess up, when we fall down and we mess up everything, he can step right in. In fact, we can, we can destroy everything and still come back to God and say, God, I messed up again. For a thousand, for the thousandth time. And he just, he's there with his arms open wide. He forgives us over and over and over. That's the kind of faithful that he never stops loving us. He ne- his love is never diminished. But I love that last four words. He will do it. He will do it. The 21 days of prayer and fasting and effort and us, the, every time I talk about us fighting that good fight, the good thing is, the amazing thing is that we, he, God doesn't expect us to create the transformation. He creates, he expects us to give him all the pieces. That's our hard part. That's our challenge. But when we give him all the pieces, he does the work. He does the things that are impossible for us. In fact, I heard someone say this this week. If you think God has asked you to do something and you feel like you can do it, it probably wasn't God. Because God asks us to do things that we can't do without him. That's his, self, that, that's his self-serving way. And that, that's a great thing because we need him. We're not looking for a life coach. We're looking for a God who can empower us to live a supernatural life. Have you ever tried to break a habit on your own? I think probably most of you have. I have. New Year's resolutions. I would say that just on statistics, most of you who started New Year's resolutions have probably already given up on them, and we're only just a few weeks in. But that's how we are, right? We try and and we sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's hard. Some of you may still be hanging on. I commend you. But changing habits is tough. The key, though, for God to do the work is that we don't look at the problem. Sometimes we go into it and say, God, here's the problem. I'm going to focus on this problem for the next month, and we're going to fix it. That's not how God works. He wants us to give him all the pieces and focus on him. Like, put your life in his hands, and then he... And then God will transform us. So here we go. I'm going to give you four really quick practical ways that God uh, works in us to transform us. Things you can do every day that God will use to create transformation. 
things we, we can do, not just during 21 days of prayer. My hope is that we're doing these things all year long. So number one, write this down. Number one is to thank God every day. Now this seems simple, but this, this is truly when we're praying, when we're, when we're spending time with God, something happens in, in the midst, not just a, okay, so I'm not just talking about like it's Academy Award time and I want to thank God. Like, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how we go into every day with an attitude and an atmosphere of praise instead of, uh, God, how come you didn't do this? How come my life is this way? How, like, I thought you said you love me, God. If there's a, it, it's really the difference between choosing to be a grateful son or a grateful daughter. That's, where, that's how we should approach God. We should approach him as grateful and humble. And when we're thankful, that thing in us changes from being a grateful son and a daughter uh, as opposed to an entitled child that just says, God, could you give me this and this and this? Sometimes my kids come in and they're like, Dad, I really want to do some crazy thing. Like, Dad, I need a new car. And I'm like, whose kid are you? You got money. But when they come in thankful and grateful and the attitude is different, then my, my response to them is very different. You know, in Proverbs says that God opposes the proud. When we come in entitled and prideful and we're not thankful for what we have, we don't have that attitude of praise, then he, he, it's like his, his will is turned against us because he opposes the proud. There's an automatic stop, full stop. Watch this. In Psalm chapter 145, David said, I will exalt you, my God, the king. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Something, if you've never read through Psalms, that might be a good place to start this week. To just challenge yourself to go through. Don't just read it, though. Express it. Match your attitude to the attitude in the Psalms. Because even when David is crying out to God, saying, God, there's enemies all around me. He always turns it back around. But I thank you that you're, you are my rescue. You are my strong tower. Even though my enemies challenge Even though everybody surrounds me, wants to kill me, you are there to hold me up. That's where we got to get back to. So every morning you can wake up, hopefully, if, if you build the habit, good morning, Lord. What are we doing today? Thank you for going with me. Thank you for providing for me. Not, God, this is going to be a hard one. Number two, submit to God's word. That means don't just read the Bible. Well, I got to get my 10 minutes, my five minutes, my 20 minutes of reading in today. I got to check off the checklist on the Bible reading app so that I can keep up with everybody else. No, we, you, you need to submit to the word, like read the Bible and let it work on you a little bit. I heard someone say one time that we don't read the Bible. The Bible reads us because it's alive. It's, it's doing something as we're reading. Sometimes we, 
We think that, oh, reading a book, Pastor Sean, that's too easy. That's not going to change me. It's just a book. That's not how the Bible works. You you would prefer that in order to become spiritually worthy or to grow spiritually and become mature that I would tell you you've got to climb to the top of Mount Olympus and then you have to meet a guru and you have to go on a journey. Listen, your journey, your spiritual journey, it can happen right there in the seat you're sitting in can happen right at your bedside or at your office where you open up the word and let it start working on you. That's the pilgrimage that you should be making. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's, what, that's the price that we have to pay. You're, it's not, that's not to get your salvation. That's not for the redemption, for God to say, okay, you can come on into heaven. This is for the The sanctification of your soul and your body, the parts of you that need to be healed and delivered and set free. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And then it goes on to say, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. There's that word again. We're transforming. That's the sanctification where he's working on us. It's a... It's almost like when you put a metal or gold into a fire and it gets refined. It's, it's a process that goes, okay, we're going to do it again. We're going to make it more pure and more pure until it's perfect. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You might say, well, I'm Okay. I don't need any refining. (laughs) Most of us wouldn't say that. Because most of us, when we look at our life, we want God to to fix things. We want, God, would you help me with this? God, let's work on this. We give pieces of our life to God. And we look at the landscape of our life, and we don't really like that and that and that, but we don't know how it can change. And I want to show you something really quick that we, there are things that make our life change and we we look at the end result and we say it's it's like looking at my body and saying god if you could just take off a little bit right here and take off a little bit right here (laughs) a little bit around the waist we don't like the overall shape of our life and so we say god can you fix this thing and he says but you you gotta in order to fix that thing you gotta back up a little bit further to the previous step, the thing that makes your life look like it looks. And a lot of times we think, well, what makes my life look the way it looks? It's my actions, right? It's the, it's the, the actions that I take. You have to back up just a little bit. What, what, what is it that affects our actions? What, what determines the actions that I take, the choices that I make? Well, it's because, oh, yeah, I did that because I felt, like, uh, I, I felt like I should go this way. Or I felt like I didn't want to do that. That did not feel good, so I didn't do it. If your life is determined, if your choices are determined by your feelings, you're in trouble. Because your feelings and your emotions, that's your will, that's your soul. It lies. I feel like we say that. So often that I don't want you to stop hearing it, that your, your emotions will lie to you. But you got to go back further than that if you really want to change your life. You have to, 
back up past the feelings and go to where the battle of the mind is even, into the thoughts. But our thoughts are also in our soul. Our feelings, our thoughts, our emotions. Your thoughts determine your feelings because the things that you're thinking about, if, you, if you're only thinking about sun, sunshine and, and lollipops and daisies and, oh, you'll feel good. Oh, I feel great. Let's do this. Let's go get life. <laughs> your thoughts will control your feelings. But there's something that controls our thoughts. And that's where God wants you to... That's where God wants you to focus. That's what 21 days of prayer and fasting is. And that is the part that's usually, when we talk about therapy and counseling, this is the part that's usually left off of uh, licensed therapy, licensed counseling. It's the fact that our beliefs control our thoughts. If I believe I can fly, that changes my thoughts quite a bit. If I believe I can swim, that changes my thoughts. If I only feel like I can swim then hmm, I feel like I could, but if I believe I can swim, I'm going to jump in the water. If I only want to swim, if it's, emo if it's an emotional thing and I feel like I'm supposed to, and then I'll just stay in the shallow end and I never jump out into the deep end. But if I believe I can swim, I'll jump. And when you believe a lie, it changes your thoughts. Now you feel different. Now you're making wrong decisions, and your life doesn't look the way you want it to. Faith comes by hearing. That's the belief part of us, the very top of the list. One thing happens that when you're reading the Bible, when, you're, when you are diving into the Bible and letting it read you, letting it work on you, it's almost like we get to sit down with the author because the, the author of the Bible is the Holy Spirit. Not just 66 books written by different people. It was, they were written by God through the Holy Spirit leading each one. And when we're reading those passages and it's coming alive to us, the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what? When I wrote that, this is what I meant. That's why you can read the Bible and then the next day you read the same verse, the next week you read the same verse, and it feels different. And the, it's speaking to you from a different place because the Holy Spirit is working on us. The sanctification process that the Holy Spirit is, is moving us through is it's not just a book. So you have to learn to listen to the voice of God in prayer while you're reading. Number three, talk to God. Talk to God. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we've been talking about it for three weeks. But your prayer time is important. So decide when you're going to pray, where you're going to pray, and make an appointment with God and keep it. 21 days of prayer and fasting is not the only time that you should be in prayer. Go to prayer meeting. Join a prayer small group. There are daily prayer focuses. There, there's a, the Facebook group that we're challenging everybody to pray. Let's pray for this. Let's pray in the same direction. Smith Wigglesworth, a famous evangelist, said this, I don't often pray for more than 20 minutes, but I never go more than 20 minutes without praying. I think prayer should be a constant. We should pray without ceasing. We should pray and pray, and when we're done praying, we should pray some more. Number four, my final point. Things that God can use to help transform. These are the ways that God transforms us, and that is connect with God's people. This is not a walk where you can go do your thing and then 
Everybody else can go do their thing. We have to do it together because we were made to do it together. There are people in my life that I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for them because they encouraged me and challenged me. God changes us through people. Many of you here today can say, you can list probably on one hand the, the people that truly changed your life. It's the difference between saying, you know what, Pastor Sean, we've been looking for a church. We've been, we've been looking for a church to attend or we've been trying to find a church to attend. I don't think attending a church is going to help you at all. I think what we need more than anything is not to attend a church. We need to get planted in a church. Because when we're planted, then we grow. And being planted in a church means I'm connected with people. That means I'm going to a small group or I'm, I'm discussing. I have, I have people that can speak into my life. I have accountability. I have relationships. I have a community that's not just, oh, we attend here on Sunday mornings. I really like the worship they have. I really like the way that the pastor preaches. Those are all good things. I love when, when people tell me, Pastor John, that was the best message I've ever heard. That makes me feel great, but I don't think that's the thing that's going to change your life. The thing that's going to get us where we're supposed to be, the thing that's going to help sanctify you is the people in your life. I guarantee you that you and I both will grow 10 times faster if you and I have a relationship and you're not just listening to me. We don't ever talk. We don't really know each other. I don't know what you're going through. You don't know what I'm going through. You can listen to sermons online. There are much better preachers than me. But something happens when we have a relationship together. Something happens when you go to a small group and you have people that you can talk to. You might say, well, Here's the problem, Pastor Sean. I don't trust people. That's a good point. People, most people are not trustworthy. And trust takes time also. Trust is hard. You might be saying, well, Pastor Sean, I don't even like people. I don't want to be around anybody. I can't stand people, any people. <laughs> In a lot of ways, I think that's true for all of us. The problem is people, but the solution is also people. The solution is that as we grow, as we let God work on us, not only do we become the friend that someone else needs, but we find a friend. We find a mentor, a disciple. We, we find people that we can work with side by side to be the body of Christ. The scripture says, the Bible says that if we confess our sins to God, he's faithful to, con he's faithful to forgive us. But if we confess our sins, another verse says if we confess our sins to one another, we can be healed. I don't want you to be saved, redeemed, go into heaven, but walking around without the sanctification process where you're not being healed, where you're not being delivered, where you're not being set free and growing and becoming who you're supposed to be through and through. Last verse, Proverbs 18.1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. You need people in your life. Next week, small group, uh, small group opens. It, you can't join a small group, but you can look at all the different ones, decide which one you want to go to. And maybe for some of you, this is your 
season to become a small group host. Maybe that's your next step. But this process is what we all need. You need healing in your life, and God wants to make you holy and whole and put you together, spirit, soul, and body. Can you, something inside of you, can you just say yes to Jesus today? Can you just say, yes, I want you to work on me? It might be hard. It might be painful. But I, I want to follow you into that. And he'll put you together, spirit, soul, and body. I want you to pray with me as we get ready to close. That God would make us whole, make us holy and whole. And work on any part that he wants to work on. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I invite you into this place. We invite you to have your way in our lives. And God, it may seem, seem overwhelming that there's so many through and through that our spirit, soul, and body, so many things that need to be fixed. But God, I thank you that you only ever ask us to take one step. Thank you, Lord, for working on us. Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Have your way in us. We surrender. Jesus' name. We thank you, God, that 2021 will be the greatest spiritual year that we've ever had. That we can walk together and grow together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So before we go, one more group of people in this room. I hope that all of us myself included, that there are next steps that we need to take, that there's some, there's some place where you need to take a step. Maybe it's to get baptized or join a small group or become a small group host or go through growth track, or maybe it's to, uh, to begin tithing. I'm going to put my finances first. Maybe it's to uh, make a new friend. Maybe it's to join the dream team and start serving on Sunday mornings to make your life count. Maybe, it, maybe it's to do that thing that he's been leading you to do for a long, long time. But there's one person, one group of people that maybe you're watching online. Your next step, the thing that the, that the Holy Spirit has been leading you to do is to make that salvation commitment. God, I give you my life. Jesus be the Lord of my life. To make that commitment. And so Jesus went all in for us. And so before I let you go today, I want to say a prayer. Let's commit our lives to Christ. If that's you today with every head bowed, nobody looking around, every eye closed. If that's you today and you want to, you're saying, Pastor Sean, I want to be included in that prayer. Would you just raise your hand up right where you are? You can put it right back down. But I want to give my life to Jesus today. Thank you. Would you say this prayer with me? Everybody out loud. Father God. Thank you for giving your son. Today, I give you my life. I surrender everything to you. Spirit, soul, and body. It's all yours, God. Come into my life and save me. Fill me with your spirit. Forgive me of my sin and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Would we, can you give a, a hand to everybody who said that prayer? 
I'm proud of you. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm going to invite the band to join me back on stage, and we're going to dismiss with worship. But if you said the pra- that prayer and gave your life to Jesus Christ today, I would love to give you this book. If you're watching online, I would love to, give, to send you this book. It's called Fresh Start with God. And it's not a, it's not a very long read. It's not a very hard read, but it, it, it helps you to understand what it looks like to start that spiritual journey that God has for you. So I would love to put this in your hand. Come see me at the door or reach out to us on Facebook. You can message us. I want to help you in every way that I can. But I want to challenge everybody else who's here. We're going to give in just a moment. So you can go ahead and prepare your tithes and your offerings. We are not going to pass a bucket. We're going to worship together. And you can give online. There's a few different ways to give. You can give um, at the door on your way out. Not sure we'll have a bucket. You can give and just drop your offering in that bucket. Otherwise, we want to give our first part to God because he blesses the rest. Amen. Amen. I also want to invite the prayer team to join me right down here in the front. For those of you, when we sing, uh, if you'd like prayer, you can just join us right down, walk right down, and they'll say a simple prayer of faith with you. We can believe God to show up in every situation. We're committed to praying with you and and doing life with you. So would you stand up on your feet? We're going to worship, and then uh, Stephanie will dismiss us in just a couple of quick minutes. Lord, we love you. We honor you in this place. We surrender to you, spirit, soul, and body. We ask you to take every dollar that's given into the offering this week, and we ask you to multiply it and use it to transform lives, to change people's lives, to make our efforts count for your kingdom as you work through us and in us. And we love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast this week. We would love to meet you sometime. You can get all the details at www.relatecommunity.com. Pastor Sean and I are praying for you and we're speaking life over you and we know that your best days are ahead. See you soon.